what you bring up was like, ah, a more innocent time where your high concept for a film is uh, basically there's a pet leopard involved. Welcome to Groovy Movies. My name is Lily Austin. And my name is James Brailsford. Hello. <laughs> Hello. And this week we are talking about Bringing Up Baby, the 1938 screwball comedy directed by Howard Hawks. One of my all-time favourites, and as I very early on discovered, one of yours too. That's um, true, yeah. we both love it. Uh, th- now this is an intro recording because we did the main chat uh, a few months ago and mm-hmm. we just needed to give it a, just a little plot summary perhaps before we continue. Yeah, I think that's it. We just need to give a little plot summary for those of you who are nutters and aren't going to watch the film before listening to us because I understand you can't resist hearing us talking but (laughs) it's on BBC iPlayer so if you can maybe press pause now and watch it but for those of you who won't do that it stars Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn. Cary Grant is a mild-mannered but but somewhat chaotic um, (laughs) paleontologist uh, about to get married to his assistant uh, Alice, who's quite stern. So Mm -hmm. his life is very much on a set path. And then... And then he he comes into the orbit of Catherine Hepburn, who plays Susan Vance, this socialite who's in the company of a leopard, a baby leopard called Baby, the titular Baby, and chaotic antics ensue as the two of them look after this leopard. Wonderful, wonderful chaos. It's a great <laughs> film. Yeah. Yes, so uh, so here is our chat about Bring Up Baby. Hope you guys enjoy it. Enjoy. So it's a great movie, right? But what about it makes it so funny? Well, w- watching it for this podcast, like, it was the first time I've seen it in about 15 years, I think. And, you know, every time I watch a, one of my favourite films, it, you know, I'm always a bit older and got a different point of view. But it just seemed as funny as the first time I saw it. I probably even appreciated the humour a little bit more and the nuances of it. Yeah, what is it that makes it a classic? I think possibly it's the chemistry between the two leads, between Catherine Hepburn and uh, Cary Grant. Definitely. I mean, it is like a classic screwball in that it's a dominant woman and a kind of more beta male who's always on the back foot. That kind of defies yeah. the screwball comedy, doesn't it? T- totally, yeah. I was always interested because she plays it, let's say she's a, a little chaotic and ditzy, you might say. But watching the film, it's like how much of that is the character putting on an act? Because there are moments where she seems completely not like that. And, and I don't know, you just... I think Catherine Hepburn does a really good job of of playing a woman who's pretending to be a naive woman, but she's not really. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. She's, she's kind of completely in control the whole time. And you can tell she's really intelligent but she's constantly messing everything up getting in Cary Grant's way I mean the film starts with them meeting on a golf course and her taking his golf ball and just kind of goes from there she's always getting in his way and and messing things up and he's even though he's meant to be the smart one he's a paleontologist who's got glasses and is meant to be very intellectual he never has any control of any situation and she's completely in control yeah, absolutely. But, you know, we mentioned in the intro about um, Cary Grant's stern fiancé, Alice. <laughs> and <laughs> this time as well, I'd never even picked up on it in the past, just how she's completely sidelined. And at the end of the film where she splits up with him, like, it's all just kind of 
taken care of very efficiently and there's no fallout to it. I'd forgotten that Cary Grant's character is about to get married because yeah. that's such a small part of the film, you know, and he has this madcap caper where he meets, you know, uh, Catherine Hepburn and they have this, uh, they fall head over heels in, a, in an unusual way. But the fact is he's meant to be getting married very soon and, and towards the end of the film, his fiance turns up, she gets locked into prison, uh, into a prison cell and in front of her eyes, there's there's Catherine Hepburn falling all over her fiance and then the next day when everything's resolved she calls off the engagement Cary Grant's not even phased by this and 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 it's the cleanest like breakup she Alice leaves the 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 room and almost immediately Catherine Hepburn turns up and and then they're they're in each other's arms and the film ends and everyone's happy yeah but that's I mean that's what's genius about this film is it's completely surreal in so many ways I mean the fact that it's all about them dealing with a tame leopard that's just wandering about the streets of New York and then with them in in Massachusetts it's just madness but what I love about it is that even though it looks like the normal kind of shiny upper class world of a Hollywood film. No one in the film is is normal. Everyone's weird. And Alice, right from the beginning, she makes it clear, yeah, they're getting married, but it's just because she's she wants to be his assistant. Well, she is his assistant at, at, at the museum. And she has no interest in anything. Oh, yeah, I'd like, forgotten about that. Yeah, she's she says, he, he tries to like kiss her. He's like, oh, Alice, isn't this wonderful? And she's like, don't forget where you are there won't be any of that she says we're not going to have children of this this <laughs> dinosaur that they're working on is going to be our child she has no interest in him on a romantic way and and that's why it's it's so hilarious and works so well I think in the film this through line because you, you're not worried about Alice because she's not interested in him in the first place and I've read lots about how this film is very subversive in its um, presentation of relationships and like sexuality and Alice seems definitely to be gay <laughs> she doesn't fancy him she just wants to work with him she's got no interest in him wow so Carrie Grant Carrie Grant is her beard or exactly. whatever the inverse of a beard right yeah and then she realizes he's not serious enough to work with so she gets rid of him at the end clears the way for Catherine Hepburn's character. And she was she was proved right because minutes after she leaves, he fucking the the entire dinosaur thing gets dismantled. Exactly. So, you know, well, she that, was, to be she fair, was that tough. was Susan's fault. She was the one who lent on the dinosaur. That that's the main yeah, spoiler yeah, I, of the film. That's how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, and so the other thing because I kind of went on a bit of a rabbit hole. I was like, and who's the actress who played this character? Because um, you were Alice, worrying like, so much about her being sidelined. Yeah, and the, the the sad thing is, the sad rabbit hole is she was kind of sad li- sidelined in, in, I mean, I'm being very reductive here, but she, she kind of was a bit sidelined in her career and her life. She um, That was her first role playing Alice, right? She'd met oh. the director the, uh, very soon into arriving in Hollywood. She'd met the director, Howard Hawks, and he uh, got her out of her contract with Universal on a personal contract. So he made her go freelance, which we're in the height of the studio system here. Everybody's under contract, like one of the big Ages, so she go, he convinced her to go freelance basically, um, and cast her in bringing up baby in the thankless role of Alice, um, <laughs> and then then she marries Howard Hawks's brother. Uh, the, the divorce of only like two or three years later, no and then way. she's got like un, uncredited roles in three films, and then she was ill and she died in 1945. So she had this really brief career oh that God. just didn't get a chance to get going. I was like, oh my God, so but, her you know, career was I'm, much like. Like her role in that film pops up yes. at the start, pops up at the end, and is absent on her wedding day. 
as the film follows her fiance as he's romping around Massachusetts with Catherine Hepburn. Yeah, it, it just feels like a career that didn't get a chance to really prove itself. Um, so I'm glad that we're giving her a little bit of, yeah. a, of, of consideration. Uh, I should actually know the actress name, Virginia Walker. Virginia Walker. Right. I, I love. I mean, I love it. Uh, the other thing about that star, that that first scene is um, she's quite. We called her stern. Like, I was trying to think of the right sort of synonym to use for because she is kind of severe and proper. And he's and um, Cary Grant is wearing this sort of belted up. The word, the word in sorry, sorry the, the word in the Wikipedia to describe Alice is dour. I know. Well, dour seemed. I didn't like that because that makes it sound like she's kind of pallid looking. She's got grey skin and she's actually very beautiful. Yeah, so she, I wouldn't say she's yeah. dour. She's just got no interest in funny business. Whereas <laughs> <laughs> Harry Grant is wearing this kind of wrap around apron thing that basically looks like a dress. And then later on during the film, there's this very famous scene where Catherine Hepburn doesn't want him to leave. He's he's sick of her antics and is like, okay, okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go. So she gets takes his gives his clothes to the housekeeper to take to be laundered. So he's got no clothes to wear. So he puts on her dressing gown, this very like fluffy, silky dressing gown with feathers. So there's this kind of through line of him cross dressing basically throughout the film. And Catherine Hepburn's character, in contrast, as the film goes on, wears more and more masculine clothes. She wears trousers and kind of masculine type clothing looks amazing so there's all this kind of gender bending subversive stuff going on throughout the film which i wonder if that's partly why it was a bit of a flop was because there's so much that too weird yeah because the other thing that that um uh catherine hep that susan's character says when carrie grant says i'm getting married tomorrow and she's like oh god you know what woman would do that she makes it clear even though she from halfway through the film professes her love to someone else about David she clearly is into him and and that's why she keeps kind of keeping him roped into her her looking after the leopard Hmm. she obviously she she has no interest in getting married basically and Alice the other character who who's like a young woman has has no interest in marriage in a conventional romantic sense neither of them are romantic people so there's it's not just a film with strong women characters they're also ones who aren't interested in traditional conventional relationships with men yeah you that that's you, you've just um kind of illu- explained and illustrated something that i hadn't quite fully formed that's really that's exactly it isn't it because watching kath because when i'm watch when i was watching the film i was kind of thinking that i wonder what the appeal of the other is to each of them with the two characters you know Catherine hepburn and carrie grant's character that they're, they're such kind of I wonder what the attraction is between them, you know, and and you explaining like that is that for audiences that could have been difficult because Catherine Hep- she, Catherine Hepburn isn't just a traditional romantic lead that the leading man, the dashing leading man, falls for. You know, they're both peculiar people, like because yeah. there's a, there's a thing in screenwriting where you discuss about a character's wants and needs and what David wants is to well he he thinks he wants to get married to his fiance but what he needs to do is to accept that there's different kinds of relationships you can have with different kind of people and and that's what why he embraces um susan or the relationship with susan but from how the how david is portrayed as a character he just wants a quiet life and he doesn't want susan causing chaos in his life but but so but he's that's alice then isn't it but he Mm -hmm. chooses to he chooses to go against that 
Well, I was going to say, maybe that's actually partly why people <laughs> didn't like the film, because that's a good question. What what does he really need or want? You don't, he just, in the immediate, he just wants the the bone for the, the dinosaur bone that he's chasing after. And she wants him. And it's only in the very, in the final two minutes of the film that he's like, I love you, Susan, you're great. And I mean, <laughs> she is great, but... <laughs> like I'm obsessed with her. I think she's probably one of the greatest characters in in cinema history. She's so funny. Oh, oh same. And so, like, same well, I, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about what are the equivalent film like characters today, like kind of comedic women characters. And the thing with how comedy has evolved, there was a point where women comedic women characters in rom coms were really serious, and they were like they were the boring one, and the guy would be a kind of screw up you know like um knocked up in films like that the women would be very boring they would be the sensible no no fun moms exactly 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 james there were no fun moms and then and it's kind of evolved now so women are just as screw up as men but they're also incredibly insecure and and kind of open about that and that's great in a way because it's nice to to show that that we're we can all be a bit messy and complicated and stuff but what I love about mm. Catherine Hepburn's character in this film is that she is not insecure in any way she's very determined she knows who she is she messes up and causes she causes chaos wherever she goes but has no guilt or embarrassment or remorse about any of it she's just kind of like oh dear oh well moving on no big deal and I, yeah. I love that yeah I, I think as well watching it like her perform you know they're both great performances but Catherine Hepburn especially because you're right she is a character who she just dances the line between being infuriating and you know but also completely yeah. lovable yeah. Uh, but but that's that, that sounds patronizing to almost no, say but, but it's true. She, she she does dance it's a very unique you're right i hadn't even thought that as well perhaps that's another reason why it appeals she's a very unique character in in comedy films but do you think there was that thing about her at the time when the film wasn't successful she'd already been said to be box office poison which is i mean even that phrase is just so god <laughs> you know mm. i was um i i was reading about her and and read that she had released a memoir called me <laughs> my memoir <laughs> so i looked it up <laughs> and i tried to uh, buy like download it onto my kindle but it wasn't available it's not available to get on kindle but i saw that there is an audio version and it's on youtube so i started to listen to it and it was her she recorded the audio when she must have been about 80 she's got this very old lady voice oh wow it was a different time back then we were strong women (laughs) and she talks about i weathered it all (laughs) even being box office poison and i thought oh god it's awful but like in some weird way i kind of assume that hollywood stars are are oblivious to the rumors about them but no no she was very much aware but anyway, but that 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 followed her even after bringing up baby, and I wonder if it's that people at that point didn't like to see a a woman like this who was who was so strong, but also completely kind of silly. <laughs> yeah, um, and not but no, completely unapologetic. Maybe I don't know if that's unfair to say. P- possibly, but. I mean, and but also maybe that's account attributing to why it's still so successful and so well regarded. Well, so well regarded all these years later. Maybe that's part of its appeal is that we are seeing like a comic woman on screen that we don't really see in you know perhaps. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because I was, yeah, I was thinking I, I want some more films with character with women characters like that again. I kind of missed that. Yeah, you know, I've had enough of Fleabags, even though that was a great film and um, TV show, even. Yeah. Um, 
But the other thing, the other thing I want to talk about was kind of, I mean, I guess I mentioned it with the subversive stuff, but how the sexuality stuff, because I mean, my favorite scene by far is at the start when they meet in the bar and Catherine Hepburn like throws an olive behind her and and Cary Grant's character slips on it and that just starts like a series of calamitous events within the scene which end up with um, Cary Grant ripping the back of her dress yep. and so it like exposes her underwear and they and they have this like hilarious kind of slapstick encounter where he's trying to stop her yeah. leaving and she doesn't realize and she won't listen to him and he's like pushing her against the wall and then she finally realizes and she like gets him to like and they're literally like pushed up against each other she's like get close to me get close to me and he's like wrapped his body around her and it's so sexy and I remember watching that when I was 10 and thinking wow yeah this is like formative but um but it's hilarious and it I feel like you know it must have it obviously must have they must have only been able to get away with something in that time because they made it funny I just thought it was so interesting that this this film had so often alluded to kind of sexuality in this comedic way. I mean, just the very fact that David is chasing after a bone and Catherine Hepburn's chasing after a leopard. I'm like, <laughs> and they have the psychoanalysis character in the film as well. Oh, it's like, yeah. I get what you're hinting at. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Well, I wanted to ask you about how you think this film fits into kind of the, the history of comedy movies. How has it impacted comedy films that have come out in the years since? Because I mean, it was made almost a hundred years ago now, which is that's crazy. mad, isn't it? Almost a hundred years. Yeah. Old. I'll, I'll be quite something years. I'll be quite honest with you. Comedy is one of the genres that I've probably seen the least of, just because I need my yeah, comedy. Yeah, me too. We're so unqualified. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, have, I I will have to plead the fifth on this one and just say I feel a bit unqualified because you know bringing up Baby is one of the few. Uh, in fact, it might be the only comedy that I have in my like top whatever twenty films. So, I'm not a huge yeah, comedy watcher. Yeah, I think you too, actually. And uh, to be honest, I think it's it's one of the only. Scrooble comedies I've seen I had to even like look up what the word Scrooble like what exactly defines a Scrooble comedy because I knew it was it was man and woman character but I didn't know if anything else defined it and so it was kind of I mean it was so interesting to read about and realize oh this is actually all about men and women dynamics and a, a female being dominant yep and it was a big thing in during the great depression it was a thrived in the 1930s and it's, 40s. It, it's definitely the only, it's one of the few screwball comedies that I actually do come back to, um, you know, because I've watched a few of them, but, you know, it's lots of really snappy, fast delivered dialogue and everyone's talking over each other and sometimes it's a bit much. Whereas Bringing Up Baby just yeah. feels a bit of a calmer version of a, of a screwball. Interesting. And I also think as well, watching Bringing Up Baby after, I've also really enjoy watching Marx Brothers films. And I think the two types mm. of films, in, uh, kind of, Bringing Up Baby, I think, does definitely borrow or have influences from Marx Brothers films. Like, there's the slightly stuffy, older woman character who's clueless to the machinations of the wacky characters and what they get up to. And I was like, that's a very Marx Brothers... Aunt Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, so she's like, that. she is, you know, you are saying about how normally in... Um, comedies the woman is the straight man basically uh, whereas in this mm. they shift they shift the straight person characters to the older kind of men and women in the film they are the like the i guess society um, standards and then you've got Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn who, who are the the lunatics essentially but she's so funny because even though she is she is the sort of sensible stern one saying 
what are you doing? And a foil to that. She is also really strange because she's so sort of oblivious <laughs> to everything that's going on. She takes everything so literally. Yeah. And then she's like a hilarious, like there's a hilarious double act between her and her friend, uh, Major Applegate, who are having dinner in the house when yep. when Carrie Grant and um and Catherine Hepburn's characters are trying to find le the leopard baby that they've lost, and and they don't, and they don't. The crucially, she, she doesn't want. They don't want Aunt Elizabeth to find out what's going on, and she's Aunt Elizabeth is this like extremely stern, severe woman, and then she's got this quite camp, very small man called Major Applegate, who's <laughs> a, a friend, and is kind of flirting with Cary Grant's character through, yeah. during the film a little bit. So again, there's a sort of like queer. Uh, theme running under it because you know she's quite sort of yeah. masculine in some ways short hair and very and and then he's quite effeminate <laughs> and so that is yeah you're right actually because no no i i i'm and now because my point was that they were more like the straight men but they're not they're also very peculiar I, and i did really appreciate uh, major applegate's uh, the character's performance in this film i thought it was i hadn't he wasn't someone who i particularly remembered from the previous times so i was like oh no he's he's definitely bringing his a game you know in a in a in a film that's got lots of great comic performances. He's still, you know, pulling his weight, that actor. Yeah, exactly. And I think, well, that's actually what Howard Hawke said about the film. He said that I, he thought that the reason it had flopped was because all of the characters in the film, everyone is is kind of off the wall and weird. There's no normal centre in the film. Yeah. And that's why it was just too wacky, which I honestly, I'm like, but that's what makes it so great. It's just the kind of the fact that there's no one ever bringing them back down to ground. That all of them are kind of encouraging each other yeah. to get more and more absurd until they all end up in a prison. Yeah, cell. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, possibly the only real straight straight man character is Alice because even the policeman you know the policeman <laughs> but, but even Alice she's too straight yeah. she doesn't want she's going to get married but she hasn't like she herself is so bizarre because you know what person is going to get married and be like but we're not we're not going to have any domestic entanglements whatsoever <laughs> none of that it's, funny I business mean, and then unemotionally just breaks off with him because he's not serious enough at the end you know I <laughs> oh, see we're laughing it's it's a great film, honestly. All these scenes, brilliant. Yeah. I did, to be honest, I did think that that scene in the prison went on a bit. That's the only thing that could have been cut down, probably. It does get a bit... It goes. It flies off the boiler. Well, what one what point. I did with them when I watched it this time is I did break it up into two viewings, and uh, I actually didn't mind the prison um, scene just because I had a bit of a break, and and I just because in the past I've got to that bit and just ever so slightly just kind of got a bit. I've I've done with laughing now, um, but whereas watching it again, I was like, <laughs> it's a great sequence, and uh, and Catherine Hepburn's amazing when she goes into character, you know, as like a, she she pretends to be oh, a God, criminal, yeah. you know, and and it's great. She suddenly in the last part of the film she pulls another comic character where she she adopts the persona of a criminal who they mistake her for um you know and and, and that, that's another and she puts on this hilarious accent like hey sunny jim i'm actually yeah. kathy from wherever <laughs> that's what's great about her all her different registers that moment when she just suddenly spontaneously starts crying that's like oh no you hate me you don't and then just is out of it immediately yeah, 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 yeah. totally uh, yeah she's, she's a she's a it's a wonderful uh, comic creation you're quite right though talking this through with you i hadn't fully clicked that there isn't i i certainly haven't seen 
a female comic character quite like um, Catherine Hepburn in Bringing Up Baby. And I think perhaps for me, that is why I go back to it. I was thinking if it if it was made today, how do you think how do you think the film would be made? Because I remember you saying to me that it's the perfect premise for a Tinder date gone wrong kind of story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah, you're right, actually. Um, it is like the definitive crazy date scenario, isn't it? But yeah, how would you remake it? Who would you cast? I was, I was, I watched... Um, Lovebirds the other day, which is a film with uh, Issa Rae, who's in a series called Insecure, and and it's about her and her boyfriend who they break up at the start of the film, but then get involved in some kind of crime and end up going on this kind of night long caper. And I sort of felt thought that film is definitely in the legacy of Bring Up Baby because it's very slapstick and it's about their dynamic throughout this adventure that they go on. So I guess there are films kind of being yeah. made if like that. if you were that. just going to do a straight-up kind of remake of it, I'd definitely ditch the he's about to get married, or I would make it a bigger part of the narrative and the plot, you know, because you, certainly I don't think audiences are really going to relate to, oh, yes, he's about to get married, and thank goodness he meets this wacky heiress. I, I, I just think that <laughs> you'd probably lose that because it doesn't really impact the story and the, the ad, you know, adventures, or let's just really go in on that that but then then it becomes an, a different kind of film let's so there's this guy who's about to get married he decides to go on tinder for one last date uh and he, he you know <laughs> yeah awful. i know right because then automatically but yeah, I, you know, but, but, I mean essentially that's what carrie grant's doing he is cheating on his partner i mean you know even if technically they don't get together i mean come on you know <laughs> But I mean, the, what it just doesn't. There's no. It doesn't have any kind of relation to reality because. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know. He I says, know. "Oh, what a big day tomorrow! We're going to receive this bone. We're going to get married." And then there's just no mention of their wedding day. I mean, it was a different time then. You didn't have a big day when you got married in those days. You know, I don't think white dresses were even popularized at that point. It was. Yeah, I mean. I've been reading about weddings. They're a very new thing. It's like last 40 years. Um, it would have just oh, wow. been like a couple of hours in the afternoon and then some dinner with your family. It's like, wouldn't have been a big thing. Right. But having said that, you still wouldn't be in Massachusetts with some random <laughs> woman. <laughs> but what I was thinking was, if they wanted to remake it in the, mm. uh, along the vein of like Ghostbusters and Ocean's Eleven and everything, yep. why not make it Catherine Hepburn runs into Alice and then they get into a caper together. And we and Hugh Grant's, um, not Hugh Grant, <laughs> Cary Grant. Grant. Right. They're, they're actually, yeah. Hugh Grant would be great in that role. He's left in the dust and the two of them are, are having this right. caper together. So with Catherine Hepburn style character and Alice, I like this. So yeah, 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 that, that's yeah. way more fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was also thinking, well, it wouldn't be made today with a real leopard. You'd have to get a CGI one in, which would be... Quite crap, because what's so great about this film is throughout all of this, we've got this little baby leopard just hanging out. <laughs> you know, around. especially when there's the dog and the leopard, like, play fighting. <sighs> you know, I know. Like, like, yeah, that bit is that problematic. get out sure. alive? But, uh, but I, I love it as well. It almost... Watching bring up papers like ah, a more innocent time where your high concept for a film is uh, basically there's a pet leopard involved. It's like that that's your MacGuffin, you know that that's the thing that drives the plot. It's just like yeah, Catherine Hepburn, Cary Grant, and a leopard. I mean, I love I, what I love is that it was based on a short story. Oh, I didn't realise that. Yeah, the director read it in a Collier's Weekly magazine and immediately bought the rights for it from the from the author who wrote it with this with a screenwriter Dudley Nichols and they ended up actually getting together and 
having a relationship for a bit and writing a few more screenplays. But I thought, God, how wild to read this silly story about a couple and a leopard and then thinking this this will make a great film. Yeah. I mean that that's that's what but that's where all good ideas come from, isn't it? You you're right. It's like it seems so unlikely that that's that's where this classic film came from. But ideas come from everywhere. I'm just I'm just glad that he did read it and he had that flash of inspiration. I mean it's the perfect premise really, isn't it? It's just very simple. A couple are dealing with a leopard. And they don't, and, and, it, <laughs> and one fancies the other one. The other one's trying to get away. <laughs> yeah, totally. And like, and, and you know that that gives a lot of um, possibilities for amusing scenarios. It gives it gives a reason to have increasingly ludicrous situations because you know, in, in, you know, especially when I was watching it again, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that there's a sequence where there's a another leopard gets introduced, yeah. and it's a it's a much that. you know, and I was like, oh, of course, yeah, you've got you've, those. Are the, these are the things that you can do when you've got a really strong premise, you know. You've got this leopard, and then what? What's the next thing to do? Well, you can mistake it for another identical leopard that's much more dangerous. You know, <laughs> classic. Yeah, it's great. It just really made me think. I mean, I feel a bit bad for Cary Grant because we barely talked about him in in this conversation, but just really confirmed that. Catherine Hepburn was a comic genius. Yeah, I, I mean, ab- absolutely, absolutely. And Cary Grant, yeah, you know, you're actually is playing a total beta male in this. and uh, Which is he- not his usual type, right? Because he usually plays these very suave, in control, sophisticated men. And in, apparently when he was first, initially, when he was asked to play the role, it took him two weeks to say yes because he wasn't sure he could play intelligent. <laughs> Wow. Isn't that so sweet? And he doesn't really play intelligent in that film. Like he's wearing glasses, oh. but that's about it. <laughs> he's completely hapless in the whole film. It's totally, and he does really good hapless. The funny thing is, because like the one Cary Grant film I've seen the most is is, is Bringing Up Baby, followed by North by Northwest, which is possibly one of my favourite Hitchcock films. So you know yeah, he. So it's weird for me to see him be a bit more straight edged action older man character because I just think of him as more oh, really yeah because my main memories of this bumbling comedic character but but you're right I suppose if I'd watched a lot of his films over the years it'd be like oh yeah you know because there's still a bit of bumbling in North by Northwest but it's it's, it's not nothing like his character Bring Up Baby see I mean I really mu- I very much think well I do think of him as the Bring Up Baby character but he's also like. The suave guy in charade who's just like very handsome and so yeah. I love him being this he's he plays being awkward and just not in control of his own even his own body he's so clumsy he plays all of that so perfectly yeah what I love it's a great physical comedy performance as, as well as the 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 dialogue and the, the witty like he really does throw himself into the part you know he's, he's not hold he's not trying to preserve any dignity in the role and that yeah. that's nice to watch you know he's, he's, he seems yeah. like he's having a lot of fun definitely yeah all in all brilliant film absolutely wonderful film very happy to have watched that again would you say it's in your top 20 top 10 top 5 i think it's in the top 20 my top 10s always cha- it's always always changing <laughs> but um, I, th- I think it's at times been in the top 10 at the moment now top 20 and that's just cuz i've seen a lot more films since i started having my neb- <laughs> nebulous top films list okay fair enough is that well, i mean it's it's in my top 10 right now great my other question for you is who, who who are you in the film? Oh, I mean, come on, I'm I'm Cary Grant for sure. You know, I'm, Dave, I'm David. <laughs> and I'm Catherine Hepburn. There we go. I love I mean... this for us. This is why we love the film because it's a film where we feel like we could be the protagonist. <laughs> totally, totally. I'm like, yep, I'm definitely David. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. 
He's an aspirational, an aspirational role model. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Groovy Movies. And please do like, rate, subscribe, follow us on all platforms. And we're on we're on Instagram, Groovy Movies Pod. And if you are our one listener in Nashville, oh, yeah. give us a DM. We'd lo- we'd love to know who you are. We're we're fascinated. Yes, please do. Tell us tell us who you are. Drop us a DM. And yeah, we'll see you for another episode next week. Thanks, guys. See you next time.